You are listening to Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. I'm your host, Pat Ivey. And I'm your co-host, Mackenzie. And thanks for tuning in to another episode. Culture of accountability is when a lot of your athletes are doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to be doing how they're supposed to be doing it. Competence. Do your athletes know what they're supposed to be doing so that they can do what they're supposed to be doing? Are they committed? Will they see it from the start to the finish? Will they complete the task? Are they consistent? Jeremy Anderson is a leading educational expert, author, and one of the premier motivational speakers in the educational arena. Years ago, Jeremy experienced many challenges such as drug and alcohol abuse, repeated failure in school, a diagnosis of ADHD, and the absence of his biological father. Fortunately, Jeremy's story didn't end there. During his third attempt in the ninth grade, Jeremy came across a group of educators who refused to give up on him. He eventually caught up with his right grade, received his high school diploma, and attained his bachelor's and master's degree. Today, Jeremy is the published author of seven books and has been privileged to travel across the globe with his motivational speaking and training. Jeremy is the CEO of the Jeremy Anderson Group, which is an educational consulting firm. His wife, Tracy, is the president of their nonprofit, Next Level Living. Jeremy, his wife, Tracy, and their two children, Jackson and Jewel, live happily in Atlanta, Georgia. And he is a personal friend of mine, and I'm excited to have him. Welcome to the show, Jeremy Anderson. Hey, what's up, Dr. Harvey? P.I., how you feeling, good brother? <laughs> I'm doing great, doing great, man. Great, to, yeah. Good to have you, man. Um, man, let's jump right into it. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, well, first off, man, thank you for having me. You know, I'm humbled to be on. Definitely a fan of the work that you do. And um, when you reached out to Ebony, she was like, do you know this guy named P.I., Dr. Ivy? I said, that's my guy. And whatever he wants, tell him yes. (laughs) I said, whatever, that's my man, 50 grand, whatever he wants, tell him yes. But yeah, man, you know, I would probably say, um, ultimately, I'm a servant, you know, to the people. I believe I've gotten to where I am in life regardless of the success, the companies I own, all the other blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm really just a servant to the people. And so, you know, I serve, you know, my, my wife, you know what I'm saying? I serve my, uh, my children, you know, I'm a man of faith. So I serve God, I serve communities, I serve school districts, you know, I, I serve people, man. And, um, and having that mindset and, and that spirit of humility has really taken me far. And, and for me, it's easy. People often say, Pat, they say, well, how can you be so, like humble, like you're so down to earth. You know, I, I met a guy recently in the airport who was like, man, I, I follow your work. And, and then he sent me a DM. He was like, man, I want to just thank you for being real. And you didn't um, let me down. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, sometimes you meet people that you look up to and then you meet them in person. You find out like, oh, you're not really that type of person. He was like, but you really are cool. And I was like, yo, I'm an average dude. You know what I'm saying? But he was like, no, you're not. But it's easy for me to be humble and, and you know, and cool and, and who I am because of where I was. Does, does that make sense? Like, I remember where I was years ago in life. You know, when I was lost, I didn't have no purpose, no sense of direction, was in a really, really, really broke and dark place. 
And so I'm in a different place now. So I so I never forgot that, if that makes sense. I've never gotten, you know what I'm saying, where I was. And I think that's something that a lot of people, if they could just hold on to, if they if they could remember how they felt when they was a little child. Like, I know you big time now. I know you got, you know what I'm saying, you got degrees. I know you're successful. You know what I'm saying? I know you, you know what I'm saying, you playing ball at a high level. You know, I know you coaching. You feel like you finally arrived. You and your family can take trips and do whatever you want to do. But something that keeps you grounded is when you was, you know, when you weren't on that high level, you know, when you remember where you were years ago. And so for me, it's easy for me to stay humble and grounded. You know, I mean, it's very easy for me to stay humble and grounded because I remember where I came from. So when you ask me to Jeremy, tell the people, you know, who, who you are, I'm, I'm really a servant. I could go into all the degrees. I can go into the three companies we own. I could go into the nonprofits. I can go into all the, you know, the things that we've been able to build and accomplish. I could go into how I just finished and published my eighth book. You know what I'm saying? I got to get you the updated bottle. I could go into all of that. <laughs> but ultimately, man, I'm just a servant to the people, brother. Just like and, that. Uh, so while I love that response, it's succinct and servant, and that sums it all up. Um, I do actually, for our listeners, we would love for you to go into the things that you do as a servant, you know, you have um, your next level with students and teachers and parents and now speakers is a new one. Um, what does it mean to you? You know, you've named your companies, your organizations, your nonprofits after after next level. And can you tell us what that what being next level means to you and how you serve others to bring them, you know, to kind of a rising tide raises all ships type thing where next level, how can we all get there and, and how do you serve people to get there? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I serve my um, community by the different programs, you know, that we put together, giving back to certain initiatives, sponsoring kids to go to school. Uh, I serve schools uh, with my motivational speaking. So I've been privileged of traveling Mac. I mean, all over the globe, South Africa, probably seven, eight times in the past, just a few years, speaking from huge conferences and, and Melbourne and Sydney, Australia, Bangalore, India, Europe, like I've, my passport is tatted up, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been privileged <laughs> to travel all over, all over the globe, literally. And so, um, so I do a lot of motivational speaking and, and public speaking, speak for faith-based organizations and churches. So I do a lot of work with the schools because I realized math, you need it, right? Science, English, history, you need it. But for many of our kids today, there's a hole, there's a hole inside their heart. They're dealing with some serious character flaws and, and, and low self-worth and low self-esteem and bullying and depression and opioid abuse and drug and alcohol addiction. And I mean, kids getting pregnant in middle school, like it's some really rough stuff out here. So I've been privileged to be able to travel the globe, speaking in schools, giving them a message of hope and inspiration. And at the same time, I get to also work with teachers. I get to work with administrators and, chain, and train principals and teachers, showing them how to connect with every child. Because what I realized, Mac, is you can have the average teacher can teach the average kid, but it takes a next level teacher to teach the kid who's struggling, who's got addiction, low self-worth, bad attitude, getting in fights every day, you know, class clown, like ADHD, learning disabilities. Like it takes someone really special that can be patient. So that's another way that I serve our country and these school districts is the work that I do with students there. And then, um, and then, you know, we recently launched our speakers Academy. So I'm training other speakers and we have um, an organization called Next Level Students Curriculum. So we've got another company where we got our curriculums and stuff like that in the school districts. 
to teach these kids like how to understand their social emotional learning. So I do all of that to make an impact because I once was in a dark place. Like I know how it feels to be depressed. You know, my mom had me when she was 16 years old. My biological father is not in my life. I was in a very, very, very dark place. And so I got to a point when I said, you know what? I want to live. I want to thrive. So you asked me something interesting, Mac. You said, okay, tell me about the next level. So all the different aspects of our company, we even own a trucking company. I'm about to buy two more trucks Monday or free the tomorrow or the next week. I'll go ahead and sign off on two more of the big 18 wheelers, the big rigs. So we got a next level trucking company. So in case anybody's wondering, okay, Jeremy, where does this next level like come from? Like the, the concept of next level, it's not saying I'm on that next level. It is the constant pursuit to be everything that you've been called to be. So I come across people all the time and they come in and see my home. They're like, yo, man, you're really on the next level. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't never get there. It is a constant pursuit to be everything that you've been called, you've been born, you've been destined, you've been created to be. Next level living is the pursuit to go to that next level. Like always grateful, but never settle. And I feel like that's where I got in my life. That's how I got to that next level Personally, in my life, or at least the current level I'm on, is I said, okay, I'm going to be grateful for everything I have, but I'm not going to settle. And for me, I want to win in every aspect of life. Like my mentor often, uh, PI, my mentor often talks about um, having a triple-double. Like it's one thing to put up buckets. Like it's one thing to score, but do you got defense? Can you catch rebounds? Can you make assists? You know what I'm saying? Can you verbally encourage others? Can you keep the energy, the tempo high? Can you communicate effectively on the court or on the field? So I don't want to just be really, really powerful when it comes to me being on the big stage. That's one thing. But what makes me feel good, P.I., is when I get done speaking and I get back in the crowd and my wife gives me a high five and a kiss on the cheek and she says, great job. Like what gets me pumped and what gets me going is when people are just like, Jeremy, Jeremy, and I rock the stage with a couple thousand people. But then I go home and my wife is like, Jeremy, Jeremy, like that's what keeps me going because I know people. Like, I know people, Mac, who speak and do the same work I do, but when they go home, their wives can't stand them. Or when they go home, they, they don't have no relationship with their kids. So I don't want to just be, I don't want to just be successful and, and prominent and on social media or on the gram, but I want to have that same love and respect at home. And it didn't come overnight. Like, I had to work on that. Like, when people see me today, they think, oh, Jeremy, you're so successful. Oh, Jeremy, you got all these great things going for you. I'm like, you know how much I cry? Like, you know how much depression I had to fight through? Like, do you know how many times I had to sit down with a counselor? Like, do you know how many times I had to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I was like, let me just go for a run and clear my mind or let me just pray my way through this thing or like, let me just fast. Like, let me just call somebody. Like, do you know how many times that I was in a really, really dark place and I had these voices telling me I wasn't good enough and I wasn't smart enough and I made a mistake, quit my job, chasing my purpose and nobody was going to book me and the publisher's not going to pick up this next book and your wife doesn't really love you. Like, do you know how many times I was in a dark place? But we don't honor Kobe the way we honor Kobe just because he got a shot. We honor Kobe the way we honor Kobe. People don't even that don't even follow basketball was depressed when Kobe passed. Why? Because he embodied the mindset. Like that Mamba mentality is the same structure of that next level mentality, like mentally strong, like holistically strong. And so I told myself, like, this is not comfortable. I do not like this, but something has to give. See, what a lot of people don't know about me, Mac, is that before I was traveling and speaking, before I was jumping on planes, before I was sitting in front of the plane, I was in the back of the class. I was failing over and over and over again. I, I got left back in the seventh grade and my eighth grade teacher told me I wasn't high school material. 
And then I went to high school that next year, and I got completely kicked out of that school. I was fighting. He was rumbling every day. Then I messed around and cut the electricity off, man. They didn't appreciate that. I shut the school <laughs> down. You know what I'm saying? Lights was out, P.I. They was looking like, what? And then I heard the chant. I heard a chant, Pat, that changed my life. Jeremy, Jeremy. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was feeling good. Then I realized, like, man, y'all low-key snitching on me. Next thing I knew, I'm in the principal's office. They kicked me out of school. The next year came around. I had to do the ninth grade again. I went to the school called J.O. Johnson, came across a group of teachers that kind of felt like, I ain't here to babysit you. You need to get it together. If you don't want to learn, get out of my class. Well, I was like, screw you then. I'm out. And you know what happened. I ended up failing. Changed my grades, tricked my mom, caught up with me at the end of the school year, though. So now I go to the school called Huntsville High, three different schools for the ninth grade. Anybody listening to this and they like, yo, Jeremy, you're doing great things. I wasn't always doing great things. There was a time in my life when I wake up in the morning and I was like, where the bottle at? Trying to drink, you know what I'm saying? Straight raging alcoholic. Like I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, two, three blunts a day, bottles to the face, pornography, like all sorts of addictions, like living a wild, reckless lifestyle, selling weed by the pound. Like I was lost. Like that's why I speak with this passion when I take the stage. Like I was in a really, really, really dark place. I was going through like an identity crisis. So I wasn't always a successful writer, publisher, business owner, entrepreneur, husband, father. I wasn't always that. I was like the exact opposite. I was the evil villain in somebody's story. I was in a dark place and that depression was heavy on me. But I came across a group of people that was like, we not giving up on you. And after three different schools for the ninth grade, something inside my brain clicked. And I realized something. I realized I could learn. I realized I was I was following all these labels they was giving me all these years. Jeremy got ADHD. Jeremy's got other learning issues and disabilities. Jeremy's got ADHD. He's got this. He's got that. They they was focusing on what was wrong with me, as opposed to focusing on what was strong with me. Uh, I need somebody to catch that. That's what happens <laughs> in life in your marriage. You focusing on what's wrong with your spouse as opposed to what's strong with your spouse. And so I came across a group of people that was like, we're not giving up on you. And I realized, like, the power of speaking life, Pat. They was telling me, pay out, Jeremy, you can be a scholar. Jeremy, you can get all A's. Jeremy, you can catch up with your right grade. I'm thinking, like, man, you smoking some good stuff. But I, this is my third school for the ninth grade. How in the world am I going to catch up with my right grade? But at eventually, because their energy was so strong, P.I., as I chose to believe. I said, look, if you're showing up every single day and you don't got to be here, if you're showing up every single day and you could have went in any other career field and made twice as much money, but you took less to come and fool with me, maybe, maybe there's something to it. So I began to apply myself. And I'll never forget I made that first C. I was like, yo, Mr. Bryant, I made a C. I was geeked off the little 72. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and Mac, he was smiling at me. And he was like, Jeremy, that's good, but you can do even better. And I'm thinking like, come on, bro, hold on now. You're getting a little froggy. Like, I made the C on my own. Like, I didn't even cheat. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I actually earned this C. And he was like, that's good. But you can do better. And I, I hit that 78. And I hit that 89. I hit that 91. I started making Cs, then Bs, then As. And the next thing I knew, I found myself, you know, it was like passing my grades. You know what I'm saying? Like, I found myself like going to that next level. I found myself going to summer school and night school. And I was like, wait a minute here. Like, this is something special. Wait a minute here. Maybe I can be a scholar. Wait a minute here. And for me, things begin to change. And so what ended up happening is I went to 
summer school and night school, caught up with my right grade, graduated from high school on time. I remember then going to college. And when uh, I was on the university level, I was thinking like, man, I'm back at school with all these super smart people. Some of them so smart, Mac. I found out that that school was free. I'm like, see, I didn't have to fill out the Pell Grants and the FAFSA. Like, you so smart, school was free. I didn't really understand that. Like scholarships, like, because they weren't even telling me to apply for scholarships. They was like, it's a miracle, you know, you even got out of here. So I was just like, okay, this is, you know, this is interesting. And so what I did was I had to say, hey, the same thing I told myself before, you human, I'm human. If you could do it, I can do it. I told myself, like, you might be smarter than me. You might have a higher IQ than me. You know, you might be more talented than me, but you're not going to outwork me. So when you're out partying, you're out kicking it, you're out doing whatever, I'm going to hit these books. If I got to read this chapter over and over and over and over again, like, if that's what I got to do to be able to really, like, you know, catch up with my right grade and do what I got to do, then so be it. And I hit high school, I hit college, I kept that same mentality. I got my bachelor's degree. Then I went back to school and I got my master's degree. And in 2010, I wrote my first book and it got picked up and I became a published author and wrote my book number two, three, four, five, six, seven, and just finished my eighth book. It came out a few months ago. And so I shared that with people because at one point I was in a really, really, really dark place. And I told myself, I ain't got to stay there. And you know what? I, you know, I feel like, you know, everybody has some level like of things that they struggle with, you know, and mine was addiction, but I started getting addicted to success. I started saying like, wait a second, this feel good. Mm-hmm. Like they, Stay right they there. Stay them, right there. Yeah. yeah. Stay that, right there. That, Keep that, going. That, that thing started hitting me. I, I, I say, okay, wait a second. Like I'm I, you know, like, so I like how it feel on the inside. Like when, when they call my name and I walk across the stage and you give me a piece of paper, I started seeing all the people shout and cheer. Then when I got the high school diploma, people come up to me giving me hugs and giving me a little envelopes with like a little fifty dollars, a little hundred dollars. I'm like, hold on now. People telling me I'm so proud of you. Hold on now. I had teachers that was like, I know I gave you a hard time, but this is why I was like, that feeling was addictive. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I want to keep supporting that behavior. So what I do to support that behavior, I do the same thing that put me in that position. So when I went to college, I'm like, I'm trying to have that feeling again. So when I wanted to quit, I just felt how it was going to feel to have that cap and gown. When I wanted to drop out, I just felt, thought about how it was going to feel when I put that tassel around me. I just thought about how it was going to feel when my mama was going to fly back in. I remember when I got kicked out of school and then I changed my grades and I tricked my mom, how she cried tears of joy. And then I remember how when she found out, I lied and played her tears of sorrow. And I was like, I like her tears, but I like the tears of sorrow because that face is super ugly. When she, my baby's so proud. I'm like, I don't want to see that face right there. So I started doing the same thing. So that's what got me to the bachelor's and the master's like success start tasting real delicious. And so I told myself, I'm just going to keep doing whatever I got to do to keep experiencing this level or even greater levels of success. And so I kind of had that same mindset inside my mind. And then I got to a point where, you know, so I've been getting to work on my credit and, uh, and got a nice little job and was making some really, really good money, healthcare benefits, everything was good. Me and my wife had just built our first home, Mac. I honestly felt like I arrived. I'm like, wow, I got degrees. I just wrote a book. I'm a published author. And me and my wife just built a home. We got to pick out the hardware floors and the granite countertops. I'm thinking like, can life get any better than this? But then exposure. This is why I tell people exposure is important. This is why I tell people like, you got to be cautious of who you surround yourself with. I feel like greatness runs in packs. 
You know what I'm saying? And so I began to run with some other lions and I saw always levels to this and that addiction jumped back in. And, and, but this is a good addiction, like the addiction to success. And I was like, man, what now? And then I realized in order for me to go to that next level, I got to make a move. The environment where I was living, I was living in a city called Huntsville, Alabama. Cool environment, not nice little area. We was out in the suburbs, you know, of Madison County, built a home like that was cool. But in order for me to go to that next level, I knew that I had to do a few things. For one, I had to quit my job, man. And I had to change my environment. I had to go to a bigger city where people was making moves. I had to get around a culture where there were more movers and shakers. I had to be around a, a bunch of people where you're going to see a millionaire anywhere you go. You see somebody like just absolutely killing it. So I told myself, like, I've got to make a move. I got to make a change. I got to make a pivot. And so what I did was I said, OK, I'm going to quit my job. And I went to my wife. And this is when everything changed. P. I, I went to my wife and said, honey. I had a whole presentation ready. I had to make a breakfast that morning though, Mac, to get her in the spirit. So I'll never forget, I fried her an egg, you know what I'm saying? And I had some little uh, some little veggie sausages, you know, some, some steel cut oatmeal with the little strawberries on that boy. I gotta get her in the spirit. And I'm like, honey, I got a message. I got a story. I'm supposed to be speaking. I'm supposed to make an impact. I'm, I'm, I'm just nervous, right? So I was like, I'm thinking about quitting my job. And she gave me the look like, yeah, right. So I didn't know what else to do. I was like, I started stuttering. I said, good, 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 good. God said, do it. So she looked at me and was like, well, what he say about me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was like, <laughs> I said, he ain't say nothing about you. She was like, nope, I'm not having it. She was like, I'm not having it. She said, if you quit your job, then I'm quitting my job too. I said, did you pray about that? You know what I'm saying? She's like, uh-uh, you don't get to travel all over the country and speak and I got to stay here and I got to raise our daughter myself, but you get to travel. She's like, we're going to do this together. That's how crazy this was, y'all. We had just built this home and moved in and closed and everything and just given birth to our daughter. And she's like, and now you're going to walk away from this great salary? But she was like, but if you're going to do it, then I'm going to walk away from my great salary. This podcast is sponsored by Sorenex Exercise Equipment. Since 1980, Sorenex has been a family-owned business responsible for legendary innovations and training solutions that have changed the face of strength training. Today, Sorenex is the most sought-after strength brand for professional teams, colleges, high schools, and military units. During this process of growth, our clients have become an extended family to us, part of our brotherhood, our culture. We want to thank you, our customers, friends, and family for being the foundation on which Sorenex is built. We promise to do our best to continue to serve you with the best strength training equipment and service in the industry. So this got to work. And she worked for the government, y'all, for a defense contractor called Jacobs ESTS. So I knew that if I, if I quit my job and was working on this other company, this other calling, a deeper purpose and passion, I knew that we'd be okay because her salary alone could cover the car notes and the mortgage, et cetera. But she was like, no, we all in. Then the most scariest, I need, y'all, I need your listeners, I need y'all to listen to me clearly. The most scariest, but the most powerful move that we could have ever made. Because I was speaking here or there. I was speaking here or there and it was cool, but I couldn't go to that next level. It was like I was getting I was getting booked to speak here and I was getting like a little thousand dollars here and I was getting like fifteen hundred dollars here. But I could not go to that next level. And it's because I didn't fully give myself to it. Now, I, I, I'm on another level now and I got a call uh, P.I. from someone that we mutually know. And I won't say his name. Right. But I remember he called me. He was like, yo, Jay, I don't think that I'm cut out to be a public speaker. 
Like, I don't think I'm cut out. Maybe, this is what he told me, Mac, what hurt my feelings. He was like, maybe I'm just not called to do this. Now I'm thinking like, now I know your story. Your story is more powerful than my story. And so I told him, he an alpha male. You know what I'm saying? He an athlete. Like my man probably got 5% body fat. He about six feet tall and about 210 pounds. Like he, 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 he chiseled. And so I, I'm, I'm like, but I have to be bold and courageous right now because I got to check homeboy. I'm like, say, bro, this has nothing to do with you being called or me being called or we not being called. I said, but you just ain't fully giving yourself to it. He's like, man, I've been doing this for eight years now and nothing ever took off. Yeah, I said, you know why things took off for me, but it didn't take off for you. I said, it didn't take off because I said, you didn't take off because you didn't take off. I said, bro, you didn't take off because you didn't take off. I said, you know what helped me take off is I took off work, but I didn't just take off work in my career for a weekend. I took off for good. I said, I quit. I got to fully give myself to it. And the reason that most people don't go to that next level is because they kind of give themselves to it. They kind of want to do a little something. They like 50-50 with it. The reason why your marriage didn't blow up and you're living in bliss is because you haven't fully given your heart to your spouse. You haven't fully surrendered. You haven't done everything within your power to have an abundance and a powerful and a successful marriage. You've been kind of doing a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You've been kind of guarding your tongue. You've been kind of being romantic, but you haven't fully given yourself to it. The reason why your company or your business, if you're listening to me, hasn't fully taken off is you haven't fully given yourself to it. The reason why you're not dominant like you used to be on the field or on the court is because you haven't fully given yourself to it. At one point you did, but then you got comfortable. But if we're going to dominate and we're going to dominate and operate at a high level on a consistent basis, we have to fully give ourselves to it. So I told the big homie, I said, the only reason why I'm traveling and I'm having a month where I bring in 100,000 or 200,000 and I'm killing it because I made the sacrifices. I had to fight through the depression. Like I had to quit my job. I said goodbye to my guarantee. Ain't nobody tripping when people walk on a tightrope when there's a net there. I don't get a wild, but you ever see somebody walk on a tightrope and there is no net? That's impressive. Why? Because if you fall, you lose your life. So I told my man, I said, bro, you got to be willing to give yourself fully to it. And I feel like that's what next level living is all about. When you tell yourself, whatever I would do, I will fully give myself to it. Whatever I would do, I will fully devote my life to it. Whatever I would do, I will be extremely uh, committed and devoted to doing the work that I've been privileged to do. There are so many people that wish that they were in our position. And so I honor the craft and the work that I do because there's someone somewhere praying for the very thing that I'm complaining about. It's crazy. I'll be having people that be like, I can't stand my job. And I'm like, I could have sworn. You called me six months ago and was like, can you pray I get this job? And now you're complaining about the job that somebody else right now was praying for. It's some people that be complaining, all oh, my kids get on my nerves. I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. Well, you got somebody across the street that just buried their child. And they wish they could hold their precious baby. They wish they could hear that child cry again. They wish they could, you know what I'm saying, hold. They wish they could change that dirty diaper. You got somebody complaining about my husband. He don't take me out. He don't do this for me. Well, you got some people that wish they had a, a husband or they wish they had a wife or they had to recently pass and they went through divorce and they wish it could be different. What am I telling y'all listening to this podcast today? So if you want to take your life to the next level, like you got to be willing to make some adjustments. For me, I had to give up some stuff. I had to tell myself, like, yo, I don't do this no more. I had to tell myself, like, I'm talking about mentally tough mentally strong. People say, Jeremy, how'd you get over the addiction? How'd you go? I just told myself I don't drink no more. Because if I told myself and my friends, hey, I'm trying to stop drinking, it leaves room for error, P.I. Like, I know me. 
I know my construct. I'm going to convince myself one more drink with just a beer, with just a glass of wine. And then I, I go down the rabbit hole. I told, I don't do that no more. I had to change the environment. I lost some friends. I had people talking, oh, he think he holy. Oh, he think he this, he think he that. He feel like he don't need us no more. I'm like, bro, I do need you, but I don't need your energy right now. Because if you was really my partner, you would be supporting me. So I had to put myself in a position where I had to isolate myself and I had to become a new me. And I had to become like a new creature, like a new person, like a new human. You want to know how I stopped from going smoking a pack of Newport cigarettes a day to not smoking at all with no nicorette patch? I took it a day at a time. And I had to put my mind in, in other places. So I began to work on my body, my temple. I began to work out. I began to hit the gym in the morning. I began to hit the gym in the evening. I began to read different books. I began to watch different things online. I, I became to be a different version of me I can be. And that's how I grew. And that's how I evolved. I told myself, I'm not going to that website no more. I'm not going to this club no more. I'm not going to the bar no more. I'm not calling my connect no more. Like, I want to be free. I want to be powerful. I want to be strong. I got a taste of winning. It's like, it's like when a lion or a shark tastes that blood in their mouth. They're like, yo, I want more. I smell a success. I want more. I want to have more. I want to achieve more. I want to experience more. But in order for me to do that, I had to change. And I had to do some changing within me. And every level I've gone to, Mac, I promise you, every level I've gone to, there had to be a new like, self-reflection inside me. In order for me to fly higher and higher and higher, there were some old wings that had to clip out. Like, I should have never heard how eagles from time to time, you know what I'm saying, will pull out their wings and they'll bang their beak against the, against the mountainside and grow out a new beak so that they can cut through those harsh winds and they can soar. Like, I should have never heard about that. But I had to go through a process of, like, becoming a new, better version of me and myself. And it was painful. But the benefits, can I just talk for a few moments about the benefits of being on the other side, the benefits of the hard work, the benefits of the humility, the benefits of the sacrifice, the benefits of the dedication, the benefits of the counseling, the benefits of the therapy, like the benefits of humbling myself, the benefits of not trying to rush it, saying, okay, this is a painful process, but I don't want to too much pain. I'm going to have to learn something. I'm going to have to get stronger from it. The benefits is what you experience on the other side. Like I've read it, it says that weeping may endure for the night. So at nighttime, you're going to cry. It's going to be rough. It's going to be dark. But joy comes in the morning. And I don't care how bad life gets, you're going to have that dark time. But just like at nighttime, at midnight, at 2 in the morning, at 4 in the morning, but before you know it, it's 5 or 6, and then that sun's going to rise. Joy can come in the morning. So I told myself, it's going to get better. I told myself, what don't kill me will make me stronger. For me, that's not a cliche. I'm like, I know what's possible, but I got to be willing to put that work in. And so I took care of my mind first. If y'all get anything from what I'm sharing today is you have to protect your mind. For me, I told myself, my mind is the most precious commodity that I have. This is the most important and the most valuable resource that I have. Like I have to protect my mind because if my mind is good, I can be the husband. I can be the father. I can be the speaker. I can be the businessman. I can be the writer, the author. I can be everything I'm supposed to be at a high level if I take care of my mind. Because what you think is what you say. And what you say is what you do. And what you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Your habits create your character and your character 
determines your destiny. And in case some of y'all was mad or missed it, let me give it to you again. I want you to really feel that, right? It starts in your mind, what you think. What are you feeding your brain? What do you process? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you allowing your eyes to see? What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. And what you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Your habit creates your character and your character determines your destiny. And so for me, my friends, P.I., Mac, I just had to work on my mind. I had to work on me and my character. I had to start speaking life. I had to change my environment and I had to raise my level of expectations. And I started telling people, if it's possible for you, it's possible for me. And I went from one level to the next level and the next level and the next level. And if I could just talk about growth, because I talked about the pain. I I acknowledged all the pain. I told y'all I had to get counseling. I had to get therapists. I had to get marriage counseling. I had to have a personal therapist. It's some stuff I had to fight through from I was going on through my childhood. I had to overcome all the addictions, all of that. Can I just tell you about the levels to it? So we built our first house. It was a beautiful, you know what I'm saying, brick home, traditional, nice and little cul-de-sac neighborhood, hardwood floors, granite countertops. But now we built our dream home. Why, Mac? Because you go from one level to the next level, next level. Now we got a 7,000 square feet modern home. People pull up at our home and say, this is a this is a futuristic house. This house is a spaceship. It's one of the modern homes. We ain't got this regular hardwood floors. Now we got bamboo. Can I just testify? We don't have granite countertops no more. Now we got quartz. Can I just testify? You know what I'm saying? Now I got plenty of rooms to feed people. We got nonprofits in different countries. We feeding and clothing kids in South Africa. We sponsoring kids to go to school. I would have never thought I'd be in the position I'm in today. So was my journey painful? Yes. Was it rough, painful? Yes, absolutely. But I'm in a different position now, like different type of doors are opening up now. I've been privileged to serve as the NBA Referee Association chaplain for years serving them. I've been able to travel the globe and do some really, really, really amazing work. Why? Because I went from one level to the next level, the next level. And most people in life, they run from the adversity. They run from the pain. But if we really tell ourselves, I'm ready to be powerful, I'm ready to be strong, I'm here for a reason, I got a purpose, I got something to say, it's only a matter of time before things in your life blow up. And if you can hang in there, and if you can fight through it, and you can make the adjustments, oh my God, I can only imagine what your life's going to look like. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard of Jeremy Anderson, you have now. (laughs) You have now. Wow, that I want everyone to just right now hit the pause button. Go ahead and look up Jeremy Anderson. We're going to have him give you his contact information as well. I want you to look him up. I want you to hit the forward button and forward his information on to the people that need to hear it. Principals, leaders, administrators, counselors sport administrators, athletic directors, anyone that you know that's working with students, if you're a parent, anyone that you know that wants to go to the next level, they need to know who Jeremy Anderson is. So I can't thank you enough for what you just shared. Um, Thank you for having me on. That was powerful. Um, Mac, that was one question. That was one question. <laughs> that's that's a professional, ladies and gentlemen. That's what a professional does. And and Jeremy, I can't thank you enough. Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so um, so if if you do like Instagram, Twitter, it's at 
one, just the number one, don't spell it out, one Jeremy Anderson, J-E-R-E-M-Y, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, one Jeremy Anderson. And my website is uh, jeremyanderson.org. And if you type it in Google, you know, it'll pop, it'll pop right up. Yeah, but I'm pretty easy to find. Man, I I know um, the brothers on the line are going to love this one, just like I have. Um, Our listeners are going to love it. Um, we got to have you on again. The only, I, I just know what's going to happen. You're just going to keep going to the next level, but the type of person you are, um, the humility that you display on a daily basis. I know I get to talk to you at least, I don't know how, how many times a week, um, but you're always there for me and I appreciate that. And um, I know other people will as well. So thank you for ha- thank you for joining us. I feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like I was about to say thank you for having us. <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everybody. Y'all have a good day. And um, this is another episode of Beyond Sets and Reps. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Soranex Exercise Equipment. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. You can find show notes and more at beyondsetsandreps.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-S-E-T-S-A-N-D-R-E-P-S dot com.